Good morning, everybody. We want to welcome everybody both here in the house with us and also at home. If you would, uh, let us know where you're viewing us from. You can do that at cchmd.com slash connect and fill out the connection card there. If you are new with us, uh, you can just text the word new to 240-347-0897. We're uh, glad that you're joining us from wherever you're joining us from uh, today. Uh, today, if you want to follow along with today's sermon notes, uh, you can do so on the Version Bible app. Today's uh, sermon title is Plugged In. Plugged In, you can follow along uh, there with uh, kind of the, the notes and things uh, there as we are going along. Uh, uh, today is a, a day to celebrate, not only just because we are here together and, and, and have sung these songs of praise, but uh, word has it from our friends over in Taiwan that this morning, uh, Sophia Budabal was baptized. And so we want to celebrate with them oh, all, all the way across the world. It's kind of fun to, to, to be able to have those connections as they're over there visiting family and, and kind of enjoying uh, this year uh, that's been kind of crazy with school and all that, to be able to have the freedom to go visit uh, Michelle's family over in Taiwan. And uh, so they uh, uh, let us know and, and sent a video, and it, it was fun to be able to celebrate that with them this morning. And so uh, I want to continue to be in, in prayer this morning uh, for, um, uh, for Sandy Lafferty and Pam Brown as they recover from their knee surgeries. As, as far as uh, I've heard everything, it went well with the surgeries, and they are, are progressing through uh, kind of the recuperation and all that. Uh, but if you've gone through any kind of major surgery like that, you know that there's always kind of the dip before they the get better. And so they're, they're kind of riding that dip right now. So if you can uh, be praying for them as, uh, as the better days are ahead uh, as they continue to recover. Um, if I uh, start coughing and uh, sneezing this morning, it's uh, because uh, things are blooming. So my allergies are booming, and so it's, it's, it's kind of one of those fun times of year it's, uh, to just feel like a stigma to have a, a seasonal allergies. And so if we will, uh, before we go any further, let's uh, go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your love as we see the world uh, creation uh, reawaken from its uh, winter rest. As flowers and trees start to bloom and, and the beauty of uh, our landscape uh, comes back to life, Father, we thank you that you want to renew us as well. Father, we pray uh, that you would uh, use this time as we gather together as your people. Father, as we've sung these songs, as they uh, speak to our hearts, and may they have been our prayer this morning, that as we join with all of creation singing your praise, may that be our heart's desire this morning, to lift you up, to honor you, to glorify you as, as uh, the fount of every blessing. Father, as, as, the, as the one who's truly good and the life giver, Father, would you Speak new life to us. Father, we want to celebrate with the Buddha boss as Sophia has chosen Jesus as her Savior and is committed to baptism and, and, and a life with you. Father, I pray that you would move and work through her and to, to, to help reach those who, uh, her friends and those she will know along the way, that she'll be able to point them to Jesus. Father, we want to pray this morning also for Pam and Sandy that as they rec- recover and recuperate and, and begin to to, to, to go through the rehabilitation process with their new knees and let's pray that you'd help them to, uh, to get back on their feet slowly and surely and, and strong soon. Father, we thank you, most of all, that you want to speak to our hearts, that you want to rehabilitate our heart and our, and our life and our, our spiritual beings, that we might reflect you and honor you and glorify you with our life. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So the question I have this morning is, what 
what does this lamp, what does this lamp have to do with our identity in Christ? And there, there are some similarities that may not be quite so obvious, but uh, we'll get to those in time. And uh, Dave, I think I'm going to need some help with the clicker, bud. So, um, but, uh, but, but for right now, we're going to just kind of just let this sit here. I, I want to talk about energy. Energy. We all need uh, energy to go throughout our day. For some, you get up in the morning, and the first thing you do is make a cup of coffee. Right? You need that burst of energy to get up out of bed and get on with the things of the day. And, and so, so you, 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 get, you get that cup of coffee and some people are like, I'm not, a, I'm not awake, I'm not alive until that first sip of Joe reaches my lips. And then we begin to, maybe we have breakfast and we eat other meals throughout the day to, to, uh, to, to give energy and power to our body so we can go on and do the things that we do. And so as we uh, go through our day, we need energy. But did you know that God is in the energy business? Uh, some of you uh, might be thinking that, well, if, if, if God is in the energy business, he probably has the strongest, cleanest power there is. And so whatever energy crisis we're going through, he, he, would be, he should be the one that we tap into. Uh, but as you can guess, that God's not into that kind of energy. In fact, God uh, supplies all the energy that is needed to accomplish his will, and his plans for his glory. And some who hear that, that God is for his glory, begin to think, well, well, well doesn't that make God a narcissist? Doesn't that make God a narcissist? To, to want his best and desire his best above all else. But as those of us who are believers in Jesus know, we trust, we know that God is the greatest thing there is in the universe. Notice, notice I didn't say the greatest thing in all creation, because God was not created. He is not a created being. He is not created. He is the one who created all that we see for his glory. All that we get to uh, experience, all that, 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 that is around us, was created by God and made possible through him. And so every, uh, it makes sense that everything that God creates ought to point back to him, that it ought to bring glory to him. And so as we, we who are his creation, we ought to point back to the Father and create and give glory to him. See, God didn't just merely uh, create the world and spin it into motion and, and send it out along its way and just kind of sit back to see how the experiment goes, right? Maybe he, you know, there are some who think that those who are uh, follow more of a deist of thinking, a deist philosophy, they believe that God created the world and then just sent it out into existence, and almost like a, a you know an old watch, they, he wound it up, and then eventually it will just come to end. And we're just, he's just a passive observer. But that's not what we read from Scripture, is it? We read in several different places in Scripture that says that God holds the world together. That God holds the world together. And so, so some might be, think they take that and go, well, if God holds the world together, why is there evil in the world? Why do bad things happen? Because shouldn't, if God's holding the world together, shouldn't he keep these bad things from happening? Shouldn't God protect his people? Shouldn't God protect uh, the, the, the vulnerable? Shouldn't God protect the innocent in this world? world. But if you can imagine, if things feel, seem to feel like they're coming undone now, can you imagine 
how bad they would be if God was not holding the world together. If God was not at the helm, how much worse would things be? See, God doesn't, God in his holding the world together, doesn't keep bad things from happening. What he does is he uses some of those bad things that happen to bring about his end. Bring about his glory. Bring about uh, things along the way. Bad people don't just merely get their way, but God will use those hurts. God will use those difficulties. God will use those bad things that happen to ultimately bring about his glory. Throughout the pages of Scripture, there are plenty of times when bad things happen to God's people. We see it sometimes it's a matter of discipline. They stepped out of line, so God uses a, a difficult thing to help bring them back to Him. Sometimes there's difficulties along the way that God will use to, to, to strengthen our faith. Well, we see, hey, how, how, how are, are they willing to trust me that far? Are they willing to go with me to that place? And so difficult things kind of urge us and push us and nudge us to where God really wants us to go. So do we trust God to walk with us even when things seem difficult? God uses all these situations for his glory. Why? Because he supplied the energy to make them happen. So we look at the lamp and we... It's like I forgot something. You know, it's interesting, the thing about a lamp is it, it, it does a good job of, of supplying light, but first things first, you have to connect it to the power source. You have to connect it to power. And much the same in our life as well. If we want to uh, share, if we want to show God's glory, if we want to display God's glory to the world, we need to be connected to God. And, and, and Paul uh, told us this last week when we looked, he said that we are uh, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, that our connection to God is through the Holy Spirit. When we come to Jesus, when we, when we accept him as our Savior, he gives us his Spirit in him as a deposit guaranteeing our future inheritance. And that picture is that of an engagement ring, that we now belong to Jesus, and that we now have this connection to him through his Spirit. Without the Spirit, we have no connection to God. And so Paul is going to continue. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 15. And, and Paul's continuing his introduction. So if you want to turn in your Bibles with me there, and um, we'll read a, a little bit more in Paul's letter. And he, he's, he's sharing with him about this connection we have to his Spirit. We have this connection we have to God, that our identity is wrapped up, is wrapped around this connection through the Spirit. And that the power that we have to accomplish what God desires for us comes through this connection. That we, what holds in our life for the followers of Jesus, that we have access, we have connection to God the Father. We have it through the Spirit of God that we can then go and share and reflect His glory to the world. This is what Paul writes for us. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for all the saints. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That's, a, that's another common theme in all of Paul's letters. He has all these churches, all these places he's visited, all these connections with people throughout the world. And whenever he writes them, he says, hey, I remember you in my prayers. 
I remember you in my prayers, this connection I have with God through the Spirit. I, I am praying to him on your behalf so that your connection to God, that God will then flow his power, his strength to you through the Spirit on your behalf. He said, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I, go, I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head of everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul says, as he's kind of writing along here, the core essence of what he's saying is that the spirit is the source of our supply. The spirit is the source of our supply. So there's this, Paul knows that he can't accomplish anything without the power of God in his life. And so wherever he's gone, whatever he's done, it's always been to reflect God's glory, to, to share with others the message of the gospel and the hope of the gospel. And so as he goes, he's like, as I've departed from there, I'm now in this other place. And right now he happens to be in prison. He happens to be in prison for sharing the gospel and for, for helping reach those who were, were not of a, a, a Jewish background. And so he's in prison, and he's like, even in prison, I still have influence, and the power of God is in my life. I'm still trying to help you walk into this new identity and live out this new identity in Christ that is, that is uh, identified in us through the Spirit. And so the Spirit is our supply to do all these things. So we have this, the Holy Spirit in our life. It's a deposit guaranteeing our future inheritance so that we can declare the praise of God's glory. And it highlights something that Jesus said in the upper room. There was on the night he was about to be betrayed. He was, he, he was about to go to the cross the next day. And so he's got the, the disciples there in the upper room. And he's sharing with them uh, the, the, what's going to kind of happen in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. That, 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 that life is going to be different. I am not going to be here with you. But we still have this connection together. And he goes, so so he's like, don't, don't depart from me. Don't depart from my teaching for apart from me, you can do nothing, nothing. And how often, if we're honest with ourselves, do we try to set out on our Christian faith on our own? It's like, it's like a lamp, not plugged in to the wall, not plugged into the power source. I mean, if it's not plugged in, you can turn it on. You can just keep flipping that switch all day long and, and, and nothing's going to work because there's no power to it. it mean, we might be able to accomplish some earthly good, but we can't de- declare, we can't, we can't accomplish any heavenly good. We can't accomplish good for God without connection to God, right? We all know people who've done 
good work in our community, who, who, who love others and, and, and want to do good for them. But we can do so from a man-made side, but we can't do so with eternity in mind unless we are connected to God. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And sometimes when it comes time to act, sometimes we freeze, right? Sometimes what, what are we doing? How are we, how are we to, 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 to bear fruit for God? How are we to, to, to declare his glory? How are we to, to live out his glory? How are we to share his glory with us? How are we to do that? And so the, the moment comes and we just kind of freeze in that moment and we, we, we choose inaction over action. But here's the good news is that we can know what to do. Paul says, I keep asking that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he will, that he will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. So it's possible for us to know God better. How, how, do, how, how, do, we, uh, how do we know God better? How can we know God better? Well, Jim just mentioned a few minutes back uh, through the pages of Scripture. Through the page of scripture, God slowly reveals himself to us and the world. He, he, as we read through the pages of scripture, we begin to know God's heart for us, how he loves us, how he sought us out, what he has for our future, what he desires for us to accomplish in the present. And so God gives us scripture that we might know him better. It's like the way you know your best friend. You, 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 you can tell before they even enter the room, before, as they, uh, before they've even uh, meant, uh, uttered a word, you can just tell from their body language if something good is going on or if something difficult is going on with their day. It's how spouses know just the right thing to say or do to either make their spouse mad or to make their day. How parents seem to just have that sixth sense that their child needs this. And all of a sudden, what once was a train wreck, all of a sudden is the best day ever. How do we know these things? Because we know the person. And we can know God because God gave us scripture. And Paul says, I'm praying that you will know God better, that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know him better, that you may know his heart for you, that you may know his future for you, his plans for you, that we might know God better. When was the last time that you've prayed to God to know him better? See, sometimes the, the simple and easiest way to, 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 to do something, while it might be simple and obvious, it may not always be easy to accomplish. And so if we can know God better through the pages of Scripture then we need to make time and prioritize time in reading God's word. And some, but sometimes people, you know, it's the Bible is, is so big, it is so thick. There's so many different things in here. Where do we start, right? Some people, do, do, do I have to read it cover to cover? Do, do, do I have to read the first part before I get to the second part? Do, 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 but what, what if I get bored, right? But what, what, is it a sin if I get bored reading parts of the Bible? I'll admit there are definitely parts of Scripture that, that are much more tedious and difficult to get through. And it's like, oh, it's like, oh, I've got one of those passages. And so you're just kind of reading, and it's like, oh. And so 
So, so some, some days, some, some, but then there's other days when it's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, we're walking with Jesus, or, 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 or there we are. We're, we're David in the battle with Goliath, and we're there with him in the valley. And we're, 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 we, we, we have the slingshot in our hand. We're ready to go. Or maybe it's the Psalms, and we're reading of, 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 of David's heart and joy found in God. There are some parts of Scripture that are easy to read, and some, some that take a little more work. But if you're like, hey, where, do I, where can I begin? Where can I begin? How much should I read? A couple easy places to start. A couple easy wins to be get, able to get, maybe get under your belt is, one is the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. There, there, there are 31 chapters, and so you can just kind of sit down and, and one day, you read one chapter a day, and in a month's time, you can read the whole book of Proverbs. You can, do a, you can do a whole lot worse than all the wisdom that, that God gave Solomon and others to put into that, ver, that book to, to let us know about how we can walk faithfully with God. Another good place to start is the Gospels. Once again, walking daily with Jesus, hearing the words he spoke, looking at the things that he did, watching his actions, seeing his heart for others, seeing his sacrifice for us. Walking through the pages of the Gospels is not a bad place to begin. And as we walk through Scripture in this way, we can begin to see and know the heart of God. Like I said, sometimes we can be overwhelmed with what we see in Scripture. And Paul, knowing that the more they see of God, the more they begin to understand of God, maybe the more difficult things will be. How will they process that? And he goes, hey, I know that, but I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The eyes of your heart are open. Paul's talking about kind of like the spiritual sense, this place inside you that, that, that as you read, as you experience life, that, that you be, begin to see God maybe in places you haven't previously seen God. And you begin to, to, to walk, you begin to read, and you go, oh, man, I, I, maybe you, you walk in the situation that previously you would have just frozen, but now all of a sudden you go, oh, wait, that's the right thing to do. This is how I should respond. These are the words I should say. You know, a year ago, I wouldn't have responded that way. I would have responded in anger. I would have responded with ambivalence. But now I engage and I, and I, and I meet that person. I meet that individual. I meet that family. I meet uh, whatever the situation is with, with grace and with mercy. And I engage them in that spot. And in that place, I get to share with them just a taste of the glory of God. Pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That you may know the hope to which you are called. A hope that was not just for us alone, but also for the world. As God calls us, as God, it, it brings us in. He, Paul wants us to know that the source of the hope, our source of hope, our source of supply is God alone. And, and, and as he goes along, he says that we, that we are the riches of his glorious inheritance. Have you ever thought about this? We are God's riches. We often think about the riches, that, you know, the, the crown that God will give us in the end, that, that we are going to gain that, that, that something physical, tangible, some sort of physical kind of inheritance that would be glorious and, and, and expensive and, 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 and costly. But have you ever thought about the fact that we are God's riches? 
maybe you, your fridge is like mine sometimes, that uh, it becomes a, a gallery of artwork. Maybe uh, your fridge has pictures of people like mine does. The people we love and the people we care for. The, the people that we want to remember, the people we want to celebrate. Uh, things that, 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 that we want to we kind of uh, honor in a way. And you think about it, we are on God's refrigerator. Because God loves us. And God wants to go, look at what my kids did. Look at this, 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 this thing. I remember my, my, my very first uh, um, uh, box score in high school basketball. I, I scored, I think, two points. It was a great night. Not the high score. But I got in the game and I scored. What did we do that, that, that next day when the, the newspaper came? We clipped it out and it went on the fridge. Now, now years later, um, my, my youngest brother, uh, he would uh, probably have some of those clippings and his point totals were, were generally much higher than mine. But our... Our box scores went to the fridge because we want to point those out and we want to, to remember those and be proud of those moments. And those moments in our life, God wants to point out because we are his children. We are his children. We are his prized possession. We are the ones on whom God wants to lavish his love because God's heart and eyes are pointed towards us. He, wants to, he, he, went, to in, he went to great lengths win us back. So when we look at the Bible as a love story, the Bible is a love story of, 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 about a, 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 a prince who's out to, to win back the one his heart is for. The Bible is an adventure story about a king who wants to win back what rightfully belongs to him. And Paul says that God exerts his incredibly great power for us who believe. So let's go back to the lamp here. First time I tried to turn it on, it had no, I, I forgot to plug it in. It had no power. But oh, I think something's still missing. You see, the, the lamp is, is no good. It's not plugged in. The lamp is also no good if it doesn't have a light bulb. If you think about it, in life, we are the light bulb. So without the light bulb and the lamp connected to power, we can have no light. But God, working through us, he gets to declare and, and display his glory, his power, his might to the world. But only when we're connected to him. See, God is the source of all we need. His incredibly great power that raised Christ from the dead is now alive and at work within us to share his glory with the world, that he has overcome death, that he's overcome sin, that he's overcome darkness, and that only with Christ at work in our life can we defeat darkness in our little corner of the world. And so we can share Hope, and we can share life with those around us as the Spirit lives and moves and works in us. We merely are just the light bulb. The light bulb is of no good 
unless it's connected to the power. And we are of no good unless we are connected to Jesus. We're the ones that God loves. He moves heaven and earth and uses his power to, to, to help bring others back to him, even sending Jesus to die and be raised again. We can't save ourselves. We can never point to our list of accomplishments because we're just the light bulb. The light bulb in the box does no good. But we're only at our best when God is working through us. So God brought that power to work on our behalf, to defeat sin, to defeat death. And not only that, he placed all things under the feet of Jesus and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Placed all things under the feet of Jesus. So that even as we live and serve him, it's not about us. It's not about us when we're playing instruments or singing. It's not about us when we're preaching or teaching. It's not even about us when we're going and serving others. It's not about us. It's about the power of God at work in our little corner of the world, and we merely get to be the conduit. We're just the light bulb. He is the light. He is the power. He is the supply. And so when we are serving God, when we're using our gifts and using our abilities, it's not for our good. It's that God gets the glory. It's that God is made known. And so that he is made much And so this week, we get to go out, and we get to be light. Not because we are good, because he is good. Not because we know what to do, but because we are connected to the source. We are connected to the supply. We are connected to the one who makes everything else go. He created all that we see. Created us in his image as we walk in step with him, we get to give him glory. We get to make much of him. See, without Jesus' death, our sins are not forgiven. Without his resurrection, we have no hope beyond this life. And so when we believe this message of truth, this gospel of salvation, we are, connect, we are saved and we're connected to the source of supply. The source that is God through the Holy Spirit marks and identifies us as a believer where there's something that ought to be different tangibly different about us. We are connected to Jesus. As we go throughout our day, as we go throughout our week, we bring light into the darkness. We are able to bring good where there is no hope. We are able to make things better because of God's work within us. Those who have not chosen to follow Jesus. They have a different identity. They can't bring light into darkness. They may be able to do man-made good, but not the life-giving good of the gospel. How do we want to live our life? Because even though we're followers of Jesus, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So sometimes, sometimes we have to admit that even though we're followers of Jesus, We live apart from him. 
We try to do it on our own, on our good, for our glory, so people can make much of us. And Jesus, that's, that's help that will not last. But we have this other choice, that we can serve and do good, and we can walk in step with him, we can serve with him, and that with him, we can accomplish more than we could ever hope or ask or imagine. And we'll get to that in a couple weeks. As God's spirit begins to work and move in our life, we become much more than just a light bulb. We begin to push back the darkness. So maybe today, maybe today is the day that you need to take hold of the gospel for yourself. Maybe today is the day that you need to be marked for salvation, that you need to uh, accept God's offer of love. You become one of his children. You begin to, to, to follow and step with Jesus. You may choose him as your savior, as Sophia did this morning. That God can give you his Holy Spirit to mark you as a believer, to empower you to live and step with him. And if that's your decision this morning, we want to celebrate with you. We want you would you let us know? You can do so uh, through the connection card at cchmd.com slash connect. And you can go down there and one of the decisions you can say is become a Christian. You can check that box. And we want to uh, celebrate with you and walk with you through that journey about making, uh, how to make Jesus your Savior. You can also simply text the word LIFE to 240-347-0897. Paul says, I want you to know. I want you to know God more. I want your eyes to be opened. I want you to be able to, to know what God's desire is, what his heart is for you, that he loves you, that you are his riches, that you're his inheritance. You're the thing that he chased high and low for. You are so loved. Now, through his spirit, we can let others know God loves them too how much more God loves them than even we could even hope or imagine. That we, we get to walk in step with him. We get to bring his glory, our little corner of the world. So often we think of the, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. So, so, so often we think that is for missionaries who live overseas. That Great Commission is for us as well. Because it's not just about going overseas. It's not being able to speak, about a speak a different language. It's as much for going across the street and speaking in a different house, on a different property, and maybe even in the middle of the street, sharing with your neighbors what God has done for you. So as we go this week, may we be light. May we share God's glory with others that they may make much of him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you've made a way for us to be plugged into you. We can have this connection to you through your spirit. That Father, apart from you, we can do nothing but with your spirit alive and at work in us, we can be made like you and you can make, be made much of through our life, that we can point others to know you and your son, Jesus. That Father, the work that you've done in us and through us, we can share with others uh, wherever we go. So Father, I pray that as we leave here today, you would help us point others to know Jesus as we As we have been saved, as we have given our life to you, would you help us 
let others know that same message of hope. You are good, that you are enough, that you are a joy, that you are a life, that you are our hope. Father, we thank you for your spirit. May we continually change into your image. That may others see us. May we share your light. Those around us and push back darkness. We help others see Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Hope you have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday.